Hey, what's up there, Warrior? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 430. So disturbing data about our combat readiness has come out in a new report from the Pentagon, and this is going to be a mirror moment for some of you, because I'm going to ask you to take a good hard look at your own warrior readiness. Now, I'll warn you right now, some of you are going to be offended by this week's broadcast, but this is my attempt to wake up the real warriors among you, and the 15 simple tips that I'm going to share with you in this episode will help you get back on track to being the protector that you and your family need you to be, and help raise our next generation of warriors at the same time. Now, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's free handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points. You can download it right now inside the Warrior Life Loot Locker, among our other cheat sheets that are in there, as well as some other cool resources we've got for you. And all you have to do is go to www.warriorlife.com loot and enjoy all the free goodies waiting for you in there. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training. Urban survival. Close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right. Hey, what's going on there, Warrior? Jeff Anderson here, Executive Director of WarLife.com and the Warrior Life Academy. And okay, I got some tough love for you, Warriors. Tough love. I'm I'm a little bit pissed. (laughs) Some stuff that some different reports that have come out lately. And, um, and it involves you and it's going to be, well, I'm going to just gonna put it this way for you. Some of you, it's going to be a tough message, but I do mean it with love. And so hopefully this is a wake up call. Some of you may be offended by it. That's okay. Don't really care. Some of you are going to be nodding your heads in agreement because it's probably going to piss you off too. I think you're going to know exactly what I mean. But let's just go ahead and uh, and jump into it and just see where things go, right? All right. Um, and and the reason why I'm I'm having this, I decided to do this broadcast was because of some reports that have come out recently that I'm I personally find extremely disturbing. Now, the first one comes from the Heritage Foundation, which is if you're not familiar with the Heritage Foundation, it is a conservative think tank. They're focused on the principles of traditional American values individual freedom, limited government, uh, free enterprise, but they also focus on a strong national defense. And every year since 2015, the Heritage Foundation has come out with its index of U.S. military strength. It's a report that they developed that gauges the U.S. military's ability to perform its missions out there in the world. And it's a nonpartisan group. It is conservative, of course, but it is designed really to not deal with politics, but more to hold everybody accountable and take a very pragmatic view of our strength as a nation from all sorts of perspectives, right? And one of those is what is the strength of our military? And it does a very very rigorous testing and evaluation of the status of all the branches. They do lots of interviews, they do assessments of uh, financials and field reports and all kinds of stuff, right? And every year they come out with, well, America, here's your military and here's how they're graded. And 2023's report, that's the one that just came out. And I'm only going to deal with the four branches that are are typically the more of the combat branches like Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines and give you what their rating is, their grade is for these four branches. 
And I'll also put a link inside of the show notes where you can you can see this report them, uh, itself. It's a very extensive report. It also has an executive summary if you just want to kind of go through that. But I'll, I'm going to give you my little breakdown here for it, okay? So here is the grade for each of the four branches. Army is graded as marginal. Yes, marginal. Navy, weak. The Air Force, very weak. The Marines, ironically, Marines are the only ones that came out as strong. <laughs> so, so hats off to my uh, to the jarheads out there, my brothers. I make fun of you. I know I make fun of you, but but you're Marines. So, no, I know. Uh, there's um, I, I've known lots of Marines, and um, there there are reasons for all of these grades, right? So, congratulations to the Marines for for your grade on your report card. But let me give you like kind of a little bit of a different breakdown about how this plays out for me. So. For me, the military is made up of people, equipment, training, and leadership. That's what comprises the military. Now, I'm going to get to people last because that's where I have a real problem here, and it has a lot to do with you, even if you're not in the military, especially if you're not in the military. So first, let's look at equipment. The reason for the low the low grades for equipment across the branches is that our, our equipment is outdated, it is aging faster than it can be replaced. And yes, there is modernization that's in development right now. So all of the branches are constantly in a state of of modernization and replacing gear, but it's not happening fast enough to replace what we currently have as our combat readiness. Um, Next, let's look at training. So overall for combat troops, I think training is improved. Right, like we've developed our Warrior Life Academy S3 Warrior Machine with models that have been developed over recent years in the military for accelerated development of skills that are going to save lives out on the battlefield. We've taken a lot of those same principles and we've applied them to training that we offer inside of the Warrior Life Academy for our All Access members that have kept people alive out there in combat and will keep you alive in real life and how do you how do you take in those skills like these these training principles that have been developed recently in the military have literally saved lives on the battlefield i mean in real numbers and so we institute them in all the training that we have also so we call it the remf model um realistic efficient multisensory and fun so it that's those that's my acronym for it basically basically that we take a, a kind of a more civilian approach to applying those same principles to the training that we have for self-defense firearms and survival. So fortunately we have had like the troops, I think are, are there's one little caveat here to their reporting that I think they're off a little bit on, but all in all, they're saying that combat troops are, are like training for the, I think for the combat troops are, are pretty good, but the reason why, one of the reasons why like the, uh, the air force, was so weak was because pilots aren't getting enough cockpit time before they go into combat, um, aging equipment, things like that. So, so training is, is actually a part of that. Leadership is another factor. And in my opinion, leadership at high levels has often failed the soldiers. A good example of that, I think is uh, the sexual assaults within the military is a huge problem for both men and women. And when we hold our warrior retreats, for those of you that know, we've got a nonprofit operation to save our soldiers. 
And when we have, we work with Operation Warrior Resolution, have warrior retreats, we have a unique method that resolves the issues for post-traumatic stress for combat veterans in as little as one, two-hour session and takes care of it permanently. Done deal. Very unique method. Uh, And a lot of the people that come through, mostly for the women's uh, retreats that we do, but for the men's retreats also, there are elements of sexual assault that happen out there in combat zones. And at the highest levels within the military, the reporting schedule for whether the actions that the military has taken to be able to affect those numbers are typically about a two-year time period before evaluations happen again. Like it's given time to to work and then there's reporting and surveys and everything else. By the time that hits, that's two years before they know whether something works or not. We can get combat, we can get combat stats in 15 minutes and allow commanders to make changes on the battlefield in 15 minutes. Sexual assault, it's a two-year time period. And Military sexual trauma is a very real thing, and um, I think I think our leaders have failed. I've failed our soldiers in those areas. Now, the Heritage Foundation also dinged training because it was relegated down to company level instead of battalion or brigade level. I don't necessarily agree with that. Like that's from the training standpoint. I think that's a leadership issue because, frankly, at the at the company level. Like typically when we're fighting, it's at the squad or company level. It's not like, and we're training at the, at the squad and company level, at the company level. And we don't often do battalion or especially brigade, but I mean, battalion level exercises, we're not side by side in that. So really when it comes out onto the battlefield, for me, it's the guy that's behind me before we kick in a door. Like that's, those are the people that, I'm counting on the most. Those are the people that I want to train with. And I think that that's, like I said, I think that that's gotten a lot better over the years. But I think that on a larger scale, I think our military at, at a, has had a leadership issue at, at top levels. And I think a lot of um, higher level commanders also feel the same way, and especially higher level um, NCOs. But now let's go to the people uh, grade here. Now, mostly the Heritage Foundation dinged the branches for a shortage of personnel. Now, this is something that recruiters have known about for a long time, because year after year, they're more and more challenged with, the, with being able to get their numbers. And we actually didn't hit our numbers for recruits this year or, or over this past year. Now, the reasons why are pretty clear when you look at other recent reports that have come out. So, for example, the Pentagon's Qualified Military Available Study, which essentially assesses the the quality of the people that can come into the service. And they reported just recently that 75% of young Americans, which they look at like they're recruiting, their target recruiting age is between 17 and 24. 17% of young Americans do not qualify for military service. Think about that. 17% of the American population between the ages of 17 and 24 are unfit for service to defend our country. That's report number one. In 2018, a report from Mission Readiness, which is a bipartisan organization of 750 retired generals, admirals, they declared America's youth unhealthy and unprepared for the challenges of military service. Unhealthy and unprepared. And 
A story was also published recently by the military's health system that revealed that young recruits these days were especially challenged with the physical demands because of years of sedentary lifestyle that, get this, has made their skeletons more prone to injuries. Yeah, even our youth's bones aren't ready to defend our country. Now, after these reports came out, Army Recruiting Commander uh, or Command Chief uh, Major General Frank Muth said that out of all the reasons that we have future soldiers disqualify, the largest reason, 31%, is obesity. Obesity. And I think that retired, ad, uh, it was it was Army uh, Lieutenant General Samuel Ebsen, he, I think he said it best when he, he addressed the U.S. Army annual meeting and the exposition in Washington, D.C., and he said, and I quote here, fat people don't make good soldiers. They get injured more often. They take longer to heal when they get hurt. They lack stamina, which is critical when you fight in a war. A weak link in the chain, and they get themselves or others hurt or killed. I couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't have said it better myself. A fat soldier is a dead soldier. And if a fat soldier is, is shot on the battlefield, if they're not in fighting shape, that is one less person to back me up out on the battlefield. It's one more person I've got to drag off the battlefield and put myself in harm's way to be able to save his sorry ass. Now, I've told the story probably a couple times on a podcast, but I've had two times in combat where I had rounds um, shoot, like pass right by me. One was within just inches of my ear. Felt it, heard it, zing right past. And I was, I was, um, I remember it vividly. But I was running to the right and it passed by my left ear. Now, half a second later, half a second, if I was half a second slower, that bullet would have been in my brain bucket. I'd have been done. That's it. That's how much it matters. The other time I was going up a, a metal a circular staircase laden with gear, trying to get to an observation post on top of a building and was somebody was trying to pick me off with uh, I just saw little pieces of cement like popping up around me as I'm trying to get up this this stupid thing. Uh, that's a circular staircase. That's not like a flat staircase. Like I that's agility that is. Trust me, I was I like I I just poured it on, probably probably soiled my pants a little bit on the way up there, but that was a harrowing experience. But I was very fit for that. Now, this podcast I'm going to say right now is not about going on some fat shaming rant for everybody out there. All right, but I will start off by saying that it pisses me off. It really pisses me off that 75 percent of our young eligible soldiers out there are unfit for service. 75% and that 31%. Now the numbers on that on that report were 11% for obesity, but what they're saying is the people that are actually coming in that aren't eligible, 31% obesity. Now it pisses me off that these that fat kids are walking around out there, especially with fat parents. Now, I get it that there are true medical conditions that lead to weight gain. I get that. There are thyroid problems. There, there are reasons, there are medical reasons why somebody has more of a propensity to gain weight. 
I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the avoidable obesity that is out there. And I'm pointing my finger mostly at parents. If you're overweight and your kids are overweight, stop telling your kids that they have dad or mom's genes. You have my metabolism. You were born with my metabolism. No, they're eating your sorry ass food and getting fat the same way that you are. Now, if that offends you, get the off my freaking broadcast. I don't give a shit. Look in the damn mirror. No, take that back. Look at your damn kids because I see them out there. And those of you that are out there listening to me, you see them too. And let me tell you what you're doing to your kids. You're setting them up for severe limitations of the quality of their life. It will be harder for them to find a partner if they're obese. It will be harder for them to land a good job. You are setting them up for severe health conditions that will affect their quality of life. Things like diabetes, things like cholesterol, things like just being able to walk from their car to the storefront, the bullying that they that they deal with, the the testosterone levels of, of males is dropping every single generation because estrogen is made in fat cells. That's why you see these kids with boobs, kids with boobs, man boobs, because the extra fat they're putting on is creating estrogen in their body and turning them into women, essentially. Now, this is not just about kids out there or your grandkids. If you are overweight, if you are out of shape, if you're getting a bit squishy around the outside, if you're getting squishy on the inside, you're jeopardizing your own safety and security as well as that of your families. And I say on the inside too, because your outside is a reflection of your inside. If you don't have the mental discipline, the intestinal fortitude to get off the damn couch and take that weight off, it's going to reflect on the outside. Now, think about what this is doing for your own safety and the security and the well-being of your family. If you are overweight and out of shape, it will be harder for you to defend yourself with your bare hands. Oh, I know you've got a gun, right? You carry a concealed handgun. I'm here to tell you, Jack, it doesn't work down like at the, at the gun range where that target is out 21 feet away from you and it's not it's just standing right there. That flat little target, little silhouette target isn't going to move. It's not going to charge at you with a knife. No, in real life, most attacks happen as either escalated arguments or ambushes, meaning you're most likely going to have to fight your way to your gun. And if you're with your family and you are attacked by a criminal, by a violent criminal on the street, you're going to have to defend yourself with your hands. Now, if you are fat and out of shape, you're not going to be able to do that as well. Plain and simple. Now, imagine this. It's the middle of the night and you wake up and you smell smoke. And you look over and your spouse is unconscious because of smoke inhalation. Well, guess what? You've got to drag your spouse out of that burning building. You're going to have to get your kids and take them out of there. Are you going to be able to do that? Is your spouse overweight? How much are you going to be lifting? How much are you going to be dragging? Who are you going to save first? Who are you going to have time to save? Or are you just going to save yourself? Now, look, 
I'm not saying that you have to be a Navy SEAL or have six-pack abs. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm 50, hell, I'm I'm enough in the 50s that I have to think about how old I am. I am uh, I'm 55 years old. I'm 55 years old. And look, I'm not saying that I've got six-pack abs, but I have my line in the sand. I have my line in the sand. And I can save my life. I can save my family's lives. And I I strive to always be better every single day. But I make mistakes, just like anybody else, right? But here's the deal. You don't have to have six-pack abs. You don't have to be Navy SEAL fit. But if you're not doing something, something, to improve your condition, you are not a warrior. I don't care how many guns you have. I don't care what t-shirt you wear with a cool little Spartan helmet on it. I don't care what bumper sticker you have. I don't care how big your pickup truck is or how high it sits. You are not a freaking warrior. Plain and simple. I said it. Now, in our Warrior Life Academy... We're not a bunch of Navy SEALs. We're just everyday average Joes and Janes. But the focus is on action. Small steps made every single day, made consistently, add to big dividends. And we have a system that helps people level up no matter where they are at. So we have what we call the S3 Warrior Machine. And it's basically nine, nine factors in three different levels. So those, those three levels are the, that's the S3. So we have strength. We have skills and we have strategy. And the strength factors focus on what we call the three Bs. So that's the three factors in there are brain, body, and backbone. Now, in this podcast, I want to share with you 15 simple things that you can do to improve in all three of these areas, brain, body, and backbone. Now, there's a reason why this is the foundation for what we do. This is the very first level, folks, before we get to skills, before we get to strategy. Because if your brain ain't right, if your mindset isn't right, None of the other, none of it matters. I can tell you that from, from freaking boots on the ground experience, because I have seen soldiers hit their first, their first firefight, soldiers that they got the same training that everybody else did. And I've seen them turn into a puddle of tears, hiding, not being able to fight back against the enemy because they mentally were not ready for the realities, not the training. They trained perfectly well. But the realities, when your life is on the line, your family is there, your kid's bleeding out in front of you, the mental stamina, the intestinal fortitude to be able to get through there. Actually, intestinal fortitude, we could, like that's the backbone. And you have your body. So I'm going to give you 15 simple things you can do. And I say simple because I get it. You're busy. I'm busy. I get it. You get back home from work. Like you're fatigued. You're, you're drained. You're exhausted. You just want to pop a beer, eat a pizza, watch television, go to sleep, start the grind the next day. I get it. Life, life doesn't matter. That's not going to matter when you're pumping gas and you got three guys that come up on you, your family's in the car and they've got guns and they're holding you up and you don't know what's going to happen. That pizza is not going to be helping you there, right? All right, so let's go ahead and jump into these. So I'm going to start with brain. Starts right there, right? One of the reasons why... The uh, 75%, one of the other reasons besides obesity that uh, our, our youth are unfit for service is because kids are missing connection. Now, in the military, we work as a team. You've got to work as a team. And recruits that are coming up now are so socially disconnected 
because all they know is their phone and video games, that they're not prepared to work as a unit. It takes more work from our drill sergeants and from our training cadre, people that whip them into shape. And they'll tell you what they're dealing with. These kids that are coming up, they are squishy in the head. And they're not prepared to work together as a unit. So I say that connection is up to you because I believe that our families are the core, the core of moving our country forward, both domestically and in a, as a military force. If our family units aren't strong, our children are not going to be strong and our children are our future. And right now, 75% of our future sucks. The connection starts with you. So how many times have you seen people, families at the, at the, at the restaurant, and mom and dad are on their phones and the kids, guess what they're doing? They're on their phones. Parents lead by example. It's up to you. It's up to you listening to me right now to pull your family together, do things, turn off the damn television, take out a board game, do a puzzle, whatever, interact as a family. All right. Number two. I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a 180 here for you, all right? So, uh, but bear with me here. So number two is don't discount video games that require problem solving. So I'm really big into gamification. It's one of the things that we build into the Warrior Life Academy, the All Access members and everything, and the, and the Loot Locker members. We build in gamification because if something isn't fun, you're most likely not going to do it. Video games are fun. I play video games. There's a lot of problem solving that happens in video games. There's a lot of learning that happens in video games. So if you take like Call of Duty as an example, you might get to a really hard fight, right? It's a boss fight and you fail, you die. You have to restart restart that, that level all over again, all right? But every time that you fail, your brain is literally creating new neural pathways, literally, physically creating new neural pathways in your brain so that you can learn from what you just did wrong, why you died, so that you don't do it again. And then you lose again. You get killed again. You come back, you do the level over again, but you're smarter this time. So eventually you get past that level. That is helping your brain. So problem solving helps your brain. The problem here is that kids are just on video games like nonstop. So I limit the number of, limit the amount of time that they are on these video games, all right? They're good for problem solving, but there's got to be a line there, okay? All right, number three is to add multi-sensory fun puzzles to your life. Now, I say multi-sensory. So I said before, REMF is like our acronym for the training that we do inside of the World Life Academy. So it stands for realistic, efficient, multi-sensory, and fun. Multi-sensory means the more, the more senses you bring in, taste, smell, sight, um, tactile, right? The more senses that you add to your learning, the more though that your learning is going to be stored in long-term memory units of the brain, the, that part of the brain that stores long-term memories. So that's going to be there for you when you need it. Most just gets thrown into the trash after you learn it. You think you got it, but it's not. It's just in the short-term memory and it's gone. So multi-sensory fun puzzles will help with learning and problem solving. So I recommend games. Uh, there's a, a brand called Canoodle, K-A-N-O-O-D-L-E. And they have a number of different puzzle games that are tactile. They are a lot of fun. 
uh, grandkids. Oh my God, 13 and 15 year old grand grandsons. And uh, they love these things. They're really great. Um, they have a head to head one that, that our kids like, or you're kind of racing against the other person to put these, these little gadgets and gizmos together. Uh, great problem solving sense of urgency there. It's just really cool. Here's the other thing. Um, we've gotten addicted to escape rooms. If you've never been to an escape room, they're, they're literally rooms and, uh, they have all these puzzles inside of them. Some are physical puzzles where you have to kind of find things around the room and there's different clues around the room and then you put things together and all of a sudden you drop a, a ball on this thing and you hear a click over on the other side of the room and it unlocked a cabinet that's got a key in it that opens up another box that's got a clue in it. They're a blast. So um, do that with your family. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it is. we have had so much fun doing this with our grandkids and the rest of our family. Um, it's a lot of fun out there. Start off with basic, though. Ask them for the uh, for the basic level if you're if you're just getting started with those things because they can get they can get pretty complex. But that's a really great way to uh, develop the the brain and problem solving skills. All right, so now let's go on to the second factor of the three Bs, which is body. So I'm going to start with exercise here. I start with exercise because exercise is what keeps me on track. Like diet is a bit hard for me. If I'm not exercising and I'm just trying to diet, I'm more apt to. Um, Kind of make some mistakes along the way. But if I'm exercising and I can feel my muscles, I can feel my body, I feel like I'm actually doing something good, I'm going to turn down the things that are going to naturally like draw me out of off, get me off track. Um, so to me, exercise is really critical here, but you don't have to join a gym gym or anything. So let me go on to number four here. So let's go ahead and kick things off with bot with body and exercise, which is to get off the damn couch. Just get off the damn couch. All right. Now, this does not mean you have to join a gym, but there are little things that you can do that at least are something. And that's what we really focus in on in the Warrior Life Academy. It's not like we're doing CrossFit training inside of there, but we just tell people you've got to do something, something that makes you a better warrior tomorrow than you are today. So let me give you some examples here. Instead of parking close to the store, the doors of the store or at the mall, park farther away. Walk your sorry ass to the store. All right. Anytime I see an escalator, if there are stairs in the area, I take the stairs. I have sworn off of escalators anytime that there is stairs that are nearby. And I'm talking, I've done like 20 some uh, floors of uh, of stairs, like in a, in a hotel and stuff. I'll do it. I'll do it. And when I take the stairs, I take them two steps at a time. So it's kind of like doing a lunge in a way. So you work more of your quadriceps, you more work more of your hamstrings, you're working your body more in the same exact distance if you took them one by one at a time. So pretty simple, huh? All right, number five is to make activities fun. So what physical activity activities do you enjoy? What physical physical activities do your kids enjoy or your grandkids enjoy? Do them together. If you like playing golf, don't get the cart. Save the money and walk your ass on the golf course. What a great way to like, just be out in nature and just walk around, right? So what other activities do you enjoy? Do your kids, like, do they even know how to play catch? Do they know how to throw a football and know how to throw a Frisbee? Go to a Frisbee golf course with them. But do things that are fun. Find out what they enjoy doing and then make it fun do them together. All right. So now let's go on to diet. And I saved this part 
kind of like last in the uh, in the body category because because of its importance because you can't out train a bad diet right if you go to McDonald's and you're choking down a fillet of fish sandwich a Big Mac a cheeseburger fries and a, and a shake do you know how much exercise you're going to have to do just to work off those calories it's crazy guys it's crazy you can't out train a bad diet and all that extra hard work that you're doing, if you're going to the gym or you start working out or whatever, well, you can undo that with one bad meal. All right, one bad meal. Now, from the time that I was an NCO, I mean, I, and I when I was a corporal, all the way on up, I was the weight control NCOIC of every unit that I was in. So here are some tips. Now, I, I say that because even soldiers in the military get out of shape, whether it's from injury or you know, they just get sedentary too. Um, not everybody is is in a combat MOS where they're out in the field a lot. Like we did a lot of missions. We did hundred mile road marches. We did seven mile road march every week. We you know we we were we were doing a lot of physical activity. PT every morning. Yeah, every soldier has to do that. But a lot of soldiers are in job positions that don't require a lot of physical activity. So some soldiers get out of shape. They're drinking too much beer, eating too much pizza, and so when that happens. And they don't meet the height weight height weight requirements that the army. Uh, and I'm talking about from the army, but when you don't meet that, you come see me because I'm the weight control and COIC, the non-commissioned officer in charge. And when that happens, it's my job to get you back in shape. And if I don't do that, you can get kicked out of the military because a fat soldier is a dead soldier. I have a 100% success rate with getting all of my soldiers. No matter where they were at, I got them off the program, got them back to the height weight center. I got them back to combat readiness. Now, these tips are going to help you get to warrior readiness. These are the top ones that have helped the uh, the soldiers that I have when it comes to diet. So the first thing to do is to, well, let me, let me go ahead and put this into uh, a context of like a story. So what I found was that what was very common among the, the soldiers that would come into the program was that. They were, yes, they were drinking beer and eating pizza and stuff like that, right? But when they went to the chow hall, we had the healthy food line and we had the short order line. So if you were in the short order line, you could get two burgers and fries. You could get two chili dogs and fries. You could get like, you can get all of that stuff, right? And then we also had a dessert bar and we had a salad bar also. Where do you think these soldiers went? Straight to the short order line. Didn't get a salad. They damn sure got dessert, though. You can, you can count on that. So it was obvious, right? So here are some of the things that helped me to get them off. So first of all, it wasn't about de um, like denial. Because I knew if I just put them on like bark and water diet, that when it came Friday night and they were in the barracks, it was going to be twice as much beer, twice as much pizza, because they were going to, they were going to whiplash backwards, right? So here's what we did. This is tip number six is to eat a salad or an apple before you eat your meal. So this is what I had them do. Instead of going into the short order line, I had them go over to the salad bar first and eat a salad. So first of all, they're getting vegetables, they're getting vitamins and minerals that they normally weren't getting from other things. And so they were getting that in. But the other thing is that it helped, it, your brain starts to send a signal to, um, to your body that you're full. You actually start feeling full because your brain's saying it. Your hormones that are being released are, are letting your body know that you're gonna you're eating and you're gonna be full. 
So it gives you the, you don't feel like you're starving yourself. You're eating the salad. It's also going to give you good fiber. Another thing that a lot of people that are obese and are eating really bad diets don't get enough fiber. Um, so that that's uh, that's one thing. So that's that's one thing that it helped with. Um, other thing, like if you're going to eat out, like eating an apple. An apple is also has fiber in it, has pectin in it, which also helps you feel full. And so, like on the way to, uh, on the way to a restaurant, you can eat an apple in the car, and that way you don't have to eat like the the crappy, uh, you know, all those appetizers and stuff, you know, the the wings and loaded fries, whatever, right? Um, so anyway, so the the soldiers that I had had to first either eat an apple or eat a salad. Then, which do you think? Which line do you think I had them get into? The uh, healthy food line or the short order line? The short order line. Only this time, they didn't. They weren't allowed to get two chili dogs and and fries. They were only allowed to get one chili dog or one burger and fries. What ended up happening was they wouldn't eat all the fries. They might eat all the burger or all the chili dog, right? But they wouldn't eat all the fries. And so essentially they got more fiber. They got more vitamins, more minerals. They got a healthier meal to start out and they cut their calories in half what they were getting. Now combine that with the exercise. Now we've got a winning combination, right? So let's go ahead and, and take this into your world even more in number seven, because of the one of the hardest challenges for people is eating out. So what I would have, what I tell people to do is that if you go to eat out, when you order your meal, have them put half of the meal into a doggy bag, into a takeout container back in the kitchen. So when they bring your meal out, half of it's going to be on the plate and half of it is already going to be in a bag, in a, in a takeout container. Now, there have been studies that have done that showed that uh, when restaurants serve bigger plates and more food, people eat to the plate. They serve smaller plates. They can still be filled up with food. They're just going to eat the same amount there of eat that much of the plate. So you're eating more calories by having more on the plate. You're going to eat more food than you have on the plate. Now, the side benefit of this is that you're also going to have food for the next day. So you're going to be good to go uh, there as well. All right. So that's one thing to do. Now, a big thing that works because we all have our our uh, our little uh, our Achilles heel, right? For me, it's nachos. I love nachos, man. I love nachos, nachos and beer. Love it. So, tip number eight is to find healthy substitutions for the comfort foods that you know are your personal weakness. So, if that is ice cream, uh, you can make your own ice cream. Essentially, basically, what you can do is you can take some. Either some milk, I recommend an alternative milk, like an almond milk or something like that. And like, I love strawberry shakes. If I take some protein powder, uh, I take some egg white protein powder and a little bit of almond milk and some frozen strawberries and blend that up in a blender. To me, it tastes no different than a, a an ice cream shake, but it's just a smoothie. It's just a protein smoothie. So I'm getting good, I'm getting good nutrients in my body. And rather than all the fat and everything and the sugar from a, uh, and, I, and I use stevia sweetened uh, uh, protein powder, but it's, I'm not getting the, the sugar from like a milkshake. Now, I love nachos, but nachos have like corn chips and they're cooked in vegetable oil. They have a lot of cheese on them. Doesn't matter. Siete brand chips are made from cassava flour. 
which is uh, it's paleo friendly. Uh, it's cooked in avocado oil. So it's a healthier fat for you. And I put those, I put some refried beans on there. I put on some, uh, sometimes I'll put on some meat there. So I'll put some, uh, some grilled chicken. So what we'd like to do is put a little bit of barbecue sauce in the grilled chicken. We have used things like uh, jackfruit, which is a, I guess it's a fruit. It's called jackfruit, uh, but it has kind of a meatier texture to it. <clears throat> we have done, uh, uh, I'll, I'll use burger. We'll use uh, things like that. Uh, cheese is a big thing that that takes, you know, adds a lot of calories to it. But uh, cheese really, you don't really taste cheese as much. It's more of just like a fatty texture. And what I find is that avocado has that same fatty texture because it's largely a lot of 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 monounsaturated fats, healthy fats. Your body needs healthy fats. Your cells are made up. The cell structure that you have is made up of fat. Your brain is largely made up of fat cells. So you need fats, but you need good quality fats. That fat that your body is made of, those good quality fats, are, are those fats, if they're either going to be made from the crappy ass fat that you put in your body or good healthy fat that optimizes cell function, give it healthy fats. So I find that the avocado is a very healthy way of adding extra nutrients, protein, and healthy fats to your diet as well. Now, you add a little bit of sour cream on there and salsa, which is, hey, vegetables, right? It's vegetables. Throw that on there. Now you've got a healthy meal that and go to most restaurants, that stuff's going to be laden with, with fat and extra calories that you don't need. Okay. All right. So you just have to find healthy substitutions for yourself. One of the things like we, we do this with the veterans that come through our, our uh, warrior retreats also, um, cause we do go over diet there. Cause a lot of them are out of shape because people use food as a drug. And so when, uh, when soldiers are suffering from combat, uh, post-traumatic stress, a lot of times like they use food as a drug. And so a lot of them are overweight. And so we, we, um, we, we tell the same, the same information to them for, uh, for them. In fact, uh, Melissa, my schmoops and I were talking this morning. And one of the things I think that we are going to add to the Warlife Life Academy in 2023, we've uh, been doing or trying to get to a monthly tactical taco Tuesday, where I do a, a Q and a, and I make healthy tacos right there. I do like a, a weird version of tacos, different recipe each month. And um, what we're looking to do is to do these healthy substitution, kind of like cooking shows that we're also answering, answering questions and things like that. So we're adding that, adding that to the War Life Academy in 2023. All right. Tip number nine here is to, is really has to do with your, uh, with your children. If you have children or grandkids that you struggle with getting them to eat healthier, have them pick out recipes, like look through a recipe book. First of all, find a healthy recipe book. That'll be best. Or look through a regular recipe book and then work with them to brainstorm ways that you can both make it healthier. Find ways to add those healthy substitutions. I just gave you some examples that you can do with something like nachos. But what are some other things that you can do? If your kids, um, uh, even the snacks that they have, right? Um, instead of like potato chips, fatty, right? There's like just no nutritional quality of those. But when you, when we, one of the things we talk about in our warrior retreats is that it's not just the um, like it's the textures. It's the it's the certain types of flavors. So for potato chips, like they're crunchy, they're salty, they're fatty. Well, what we tell people is things like celery sticks that have like peanut butter or almond butter or even cream cheese in them. Celery sticks are salty. They're crunchy, just like potato chips are, but they're healthier for you. They're healthy for you, pl plain and simple. 
Um, adding some almond butter to that, throw some raisins in there, right? You have, you have a, what is it, ants on a log. Kids, if kids have the opportunity to eat these things, they will they will like them and they're having they're having healthy. So it gets the, the healthy fats and there's a creamy texture. The raisins can add some sweetness to it as well. So they got salty, sweet. It's all good stuff, right? All good stuff. So let them pick out recipes and then brainstorm healthier substitutions for them. Now, number 10 here is if you... If you hate vegetables or your kids hate vegetables, they don't like eating vegetables, um, start a garden. The Grow Network, uh, Marjorie Wildcraft is a friend of mine, and she has a, a, an incredible website, uh, the Grow Network. I think it's grownetwork.com. And um, I'll put a link also in the show notes where there is a uh, – she has a video that she that she shows people that with no experience the fastest way to get up and running with – Anything that is self-sustaining, like a, a, a garden or raising chickens, things like that. So um just you can you don't need to have like till land or anything like that. You can do this, you can do things in like a, a raised bed garden, you can have earth, do earth bucket gardening, you can do hydroponic gardening. Do these as science experiments for for uh for school for them. But um if they're growing it, it's gonna taste different to them. The other thing that uh, Melissa and I do is like we like cold pressed juices. So we have a really nice cold pressed juicer. We also have sometimes done juices where we put it in the Vitamixer where we're getting the fiber in it because the uh, the juices, the cold press juicer is going to extract the juice. It's going to leave behind the pulp, but that's where all the fiber is. So we actually take that pulp, we put it inside a pasta sauce. We've made cookies out of it, made breads out of it. And, um, and so this is getting the fiber back in our diet also, but we're also getting the vitamins and minerals uh, in the juices and things like that as well. All right. So that's tip number 10 is to do something around vegetables, get more fiber in there. All right, so now let's go ahead and go on to backbone. It's the third B, okay? All right, so point number 11 here is in the military, we have this, this saying called embrace the suck because you there are lots of sucky times. I can tell you I've been soaked to the bone, freezing my ass off, feeling like I was going to be a, a human popsicle, but there's nothing you can do about it other than to find a way to get warm. I did a whole podcast last week on uh, e extreme survival clothing, advanced clothing secrets from the U.S. military, and I learned a lot about, about how to use our body and clothing in combination to be able to stay warm in, and dry in, in harsh environments. And so we have this thing called embrace the suck because there's nothing you can really do about it. I take it one step further, and I tell people to seek the suck. Because most people, I mean, you're not in the military, so you don't really have to deal with embracing it all that much. But some of you may have jobs where you're like in construction or roofing, where you might be out in, in the elements and you have to, and you know what I'm, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But not everybody is like that. So you've got to seek discomfort. That's what builds adversity to harsh elements. You don't want the first time that you're dealing with a natural disaster or um, any any sort of thing that's going to make you rise to the occasion, you want to be as ready mentally, physically, and have that intestinal fortitude to be able to rise to the occasion and be warrior ready in that moment. Now, I have to say, like I, I'll admit my mistakes also. As a parent, I was a bulldozer parent because I didn't have a lot growing up, and I wanted to make sure my son, like I tried clearing all the obstacles out in front of him. And that and and that wasn't that wasn't right. I've I've he's paid the price for it. I've paid the price for it. Um, he he hasn't been able to stand up to it as to adversity as much as 
I would like to have. He's he's 20 years old now and he struggled with things over life. And he still called me up and bitch and complained to me about stuff, thinking that I'm just going to give him the solution. I got to tell you, it's hard for me not to give him a solution, but I did him a disservice and I'm correcting that now. Um, it's funny because he was a, it's kind of a, a funny story that goes along with this. Uh, he, he, he's living up in Illinois right now and he's been doing sales for a, uh, for funeral services and cemetery plots. So pre-selling cemetery plots. So if you think you're going to, you know, you're going to die, you need a, a grave site, like he'll sell you the grave site at today's prices. So that when you die, your family doesn't have to pay for it at higher prices. Well, he wasn't that great at it. And he didn't really put all of his all into it. And he had a, a bitch of a sales manager that just rode his ass. And he really struggled with it on a lot of different levels. And he ended up just leaving a couple of days ago. He left the job. Now he stayed within the company and he took a job as a groundskeeper. And I remember him calling me up. I knew he was going to be, he was thinking about transitioning out of it. And he, and he called me up on the phone and he's like, well, dad, aren't you proud? Your son's a grave digger. And he laughed about it a little bit, but I, I could hear the, the hurt in his voice that he felt like he'd failed. Like he'd failed me. And I said, yeah, I am proud of you. And he's like, no, no, I know, I know. It's like, you know, but, you know, I need a job or whatever. Like, no, I'm serious. I'm proud of you. Because one, he's not like a, a good salesperson. Like he, he's not a natural salesperson. But you tried it. You tried it. And you learned a lot about people skills. You learned about getting the the phone when you're, when you're cold calling. People telling you to go, you know, screw yourself and then hanging up on you. You dealt with rejection. Not everybody can do that, but he did that. He wasn't all that great at studying in school. He had to study for his insurance test. That's one of the, the one of the factors that you need to you need to do with um with this type of a sales job. And he didn't he ended up not actually going for the test. Studying for him was really hard. But I'm proud of him because he tried it. But here's what I told him. First of all, I've, I've learned more from my failures in life than I've ever learned from my successes. Absolutely. My mistakes have been the biggest, the, the, the best gifts for me. I told him, this: the only way this would be a failure for you is if you don't learn from what you just went through in this job. And I told him, I said, you and I both know you did not give this your all. You were not giving this your best shot. You didn't study as much as you should have. You didn't call as much as you should have. You didn't book as many appointments because you didn't like it. You didn't give it your all. Could you have been successful? Maybe, maybe. But you weren't because you didn't really try as much as you could have. Now, here's what's a failure. You go into your next job. You go into your next job and you don't give it your all. Then you didn't learn. And if you didn't learn, that's failure. It's not failure in that job. It's failure that you're not learning from your mistakes and bettering your life to be a better warrior tomorrow than you are today. Now, he's in, he's in Illinois, about ready to start digging graves in the middle of winter in Illinois because people are still dying and the graves still have to be dug. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. Now, folks, I'll tell you, funny story here is, 
I'm still like, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Last week I did a, a podcast episode on survival clothing. I talked about um, extreme, extreme harsh, like winters as well. And I talked about the, the equipment that we had in the military. We were testing unit 10th mountain. And I talked about um, what I learned, very valuable lessons I learned about clothing when it comes to harsh environments. And the other day I was, uh, I was talking to Melissa in the car and I said, Tristan's coming in. I know, you know, he's going to be digging these graves. I said, I'm going to go out and buy him some polypropylene underwear and make sure he has some good, some good uh, uh, gloves. And I'm going to, you know, we're going to get some boots and things like that. And she just kind of smirked at me. And then she started laughing. I was like, oh shit, I did it again. Didn't I? And she started laughing and I was like, I, I, there, I was ready to swoop in there, put my cape on and be super dad. And bulldoze those those obstacles out in front of him. It was like, no. I told him last week, I said, hey, man, with that job you're going to be doing, like you should really look at, um, you should really listen to my podcast because I talk about the clothing that you should really wear there because it's not how most people would dress for harsh weather. So you should go listen to it. So I'm not giving him, I, like I've already given him his solution. Go listen to my podcast. Now it's up to him to go listen to it. Will he do it? I don't know. But maybe after freezing his ass off a couple times out there where he can't feel his toes, maybe he'll go back and listen to it and do things the right way. All right, number 12 on our list here is to get outdoors. Like, re commune with nature. Like, we have gotten so disconnected from the earth. Go hiking. Go fishing. Go hunting. Go shooting at an outdoor range. Go canoeing or kayaking. Go play golf. Go do something outdoors. I mean, I love golf because um, I feel like I am out in nature. I mean, there's water there. There's sand there. I try to stay away from the water and the sand, but you're in a wooded area. Like to me, it's just very serene. I feel so at peace there. So get outdoors, get your kids outdoors, go hiking for God's sakes. All right. Okay. Number 13 here. I'm going to go back to the video games here to really ramp things up. Realistic, efficient, multisensory, and fun, right? So let's go back to the video games. Um, Call of Duty. Uh, and know about that? That's like a it's a military it's a military game, right? A first person shooter game. So let's go ahead and ramp this up a little bit and go hit the paintball field. Take your kids out on the paintball paintball field. Your grandkids out on the paintball field. I say that because Call of Duty, it's kind of passive, right? Ah, shoot, I died. I got to go back and start the level. Ah, shoot, I died again. Paintball hurts. It hurts. When you get hit with that paintball marker, it's going to get, it's going to hurt. And pain will teach you some lessons. Like keep your damn head down. You're going to learn about concealment and cover. You're going to learn about tactics. You're going to learn about problem solving. You're going to learn about teamwork. You're going to learn about feeling pain and pushing through the pain. I can tell you, like on the paintball field, typically what happens is if you get hit, right, ouch, hurts, and you're off the field because you're dead, right? There are other ways to play the game where it doesn't count if you get hit in the hand or your arm, only in the torso or your legs or something like that. Then there's Superman. And I like Superman. I've never lost a Superman match. Superman is where there is no you're off the field. You're off the field when you say, all right, I give. That hurts too much. You can get hit 20 times. It doesn't matter. Like when it, you're going to keep, you're going to keep going until, until, uh, until you quit. Now, this is usually 
at the paintball fields, this is usually like, you know, toward the end of the day and the, uh, the controllers out there will just ask people who wants to do it or what's you know? So it's not like you're going to the paintball field. If it's your first time, like you're going to be stuck in that, but I've never lost. Cause I don't, I don't ever quit. I've had people like five feet away, which you're not supposed to be within 10 feet, 10 feet. So I have people five feet away, shoot me. I shoot them back. They're instantly out. I can take multiple shots. It doesn't matter. I'm going to leave with welts, I'll have bruises for a couple of weeks, but, but um, I'm never going to quit. All right. Builds up intestinal fortitude. All right. Number 14 here is to go to a self-defense seminar. So I'm not even saying that you need to join self-defense classes or anything like that. There are weekend workshops that you can take. Typically, they're going to be things like in Krav Maga, you're going to be able to find something, but do a search in your area for, for that type of combatives training. Um, I think it's very important that you face off with another person. Even, you know, we get, I, we tell people, like, and we've done training, force on force training with firearms with airsoft and with blanks, marker rounds, things like that. It's a totally different, it's a totally different experience when you've got somebody shooting back at you. It's not the range experience where that flat target isn't shooting back. So you, what you want to do is find just a weekend seminar. It's going to help give you some skills. Yes. But it's also going to give you the ability to go into combat with another person. So even if it's just training back and forth, I'm not saying sparring or anything like that. I'm just saying like training. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, is a is a great community of people, of warriors. And these guys are tight. I'm not personally in one. I just, I actually, you know, it's funny. I just, uh, not funny, but uh, just, uh, I went to the range uh, a couple of weeks ago with Royce Gracie and um, you know, he's quite the, quite the shooter for a guy that's like a legend in UFC first uh, UFC champion, I think. And uh, you know, that community, like the Navy SEALs that came out, we were, we were, we were shooting, um, had a couple of Navy SEAL friends, a Delta guy, CAGS and, um, and then Royce. And man, I'll tell you, um, it, it's a, it's a blast. It's a blast out there. So, you know, get out there. They're all, they're all in the BJJ and um, I'm not near where they're, where they're rolling. So I'm not doing that, but, uh, but just a weekend, a weekend seminar is all you really need to help just do something. Right. Okay. The final one here is going to be a real challenge for most people out there. And I mean, when I say it's a, cha- it's a challenge, I mean, it's going to be a mental challenge for you. A couple of weeks ago, we had a, a a special event, a fundraising dinner for our big donors, for our nonprofit, for Operation for, for Operation Warrior Resolution, and my nonprofit, Operation Save Our Soldiers, supports. We, I work with Operation Warrior Resolution to hold the warrior retreats where we bring the veterans in. We have this unique protocol, and it it, it basically resolves the the symptoms of post traumatic stress in just one two hour session, right? And then we're talking like decades of of antidepressant drugs these that our veterans are on, talk therapy that does not work, um, suicidal thoughts, like all this stuff gets resolved in as little as two hours. And so we're getting a lot of great, um, a lot of great press. We're getting a lot of great donors starting to come in now. This is really awesome. So we held a, a fundraising event a few weeks ago and we always have a speaker also. And this year's speaker was an active duty Navy SEAL that uh, came out to, to talk with everybody. And this is a guy who, I mean, you pass Bud's training, like, man, that's hardcore, right? This guy who is used to like busting down doors, taking out bad guys, tip of the spear, hardest of the heart, and got up there to give a speech to everybody. 
and froze. It was uncomfortable to see how uncomfortable he was. You could see the fear in his face, in the way that he talked. This is a guy that (laughs) takes out bad guys for a living. Has been in combat, combat hardened soldier in a group of, you know, hoity toity little <laughs> fun, fun, you know, uh, donors, um, was really challenged. But I understand it because when surveys have been done for people and they ask them, which would, you know, which do you fear most, death or public speaking? Most people say public speaking. And that fear of judgment, the fear of, of failure, the fear, like all those things come to the top of your brain. So number 15 here is to find a way to do public speaking. So first I would say to sign up for Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a national, an international organization, actually. It's free and they're designed to help you get over the fear of public speaking. So you do, you learn about public speaking. You learn how to do public speaking, whether it is a toast at a wedding or a eulogy at a, at a, at a funeral. Like you're going to learn that. And they teach leadership skills and things like that there too, but it's free. And you can find a chapter where you are. You can just go to toastmasters.com. You can find something close to you and go ahead and sign up for that. And, you know, seek the suck, seek the suck, go do it. Um, one thing I used to be deathly afraid of public speaking. I love it now. I absolutely love public speaking because fear and excitement are the same emotion. It's the same physiological response in your body. It's just what our brains are telling us it means to us. We tell we talk about it when it comes to like self-defense. You know, if you're in fear of that big ass guy in front of you, then fear is going to make you curl up. It's going to make you pray for mercy, essentially. But you can harness fear and turn it into a superpower. You can turn it into super strength. You can take that same exact physiological response and rip this son of a bitch's head off. And never quit. Same emotion. It's the same physiological response, just harnessed a different way. So Toastmasters will help you do that. One thing that I did was um, at my church, I signed up to be the the person that does the announcements in the in the in the beginning. So start off the church, um, you know, before the minister gets up there, do the announcements. I like to make. I've gotten to where I make people laugh, and you know, it's like uh, I, I love public speaking now. All right, so that's going to be a real challenge for some of you. And you don't have to do all 15 of these things, people. But let me just close out here with a quick story that was allegedly a story that was from a recruiting poster of the 1970s. And this poster I know very well because it was up on the wall in my basic training barracks when I first joined the Army. And on this poster, there's a picture of a World War II soldier, black and white, big, and he's all scruffy, and he's got this giant backpack on, it's snow all around. And the date on this story says December 23rd, 1944, Battle of the Bulge. And here's how the story goes. An entire U.S. armor division was retreating from the Germans in the Arden Forest. When a sergeant in a tank destroyer looked down and he spotted an American digging a foxhole. Now, the GI, PFC Martin, looked up at the tanker and asked, are you guys looking for a safe place? Yeah, answered the tanker. Well, buddy, 
He drawled, just pull your vehicle behind me. I'm the 82nd Airborne, and this is as far as the bastards are going. I love that poster. Look, I don't care where you are right now. I don't care if you're 400 pounds or 40 pounds. I don't care if you have diabetes. I don't care if you haven't exercised a day in the last 20 years. I don't care. It's not about where you are right now. You can't change that. You can't change how you got here. It's what you do right now. Think about that. At some point, if you're overweight, at some point you decided, oh, I guess I'm not a 36 waist anymore. I guess I'm a 38. Oh, I guess I'm not a 38 anymore. I guess I'm a 40. You've got to dig your foxhole at some point and say, this is as far as I go. This is as far as I go. I'm a warrior. My family is going to need me. They're going to be counting on me. It's going to be my eyes that they're looking into in a natural disaster, in a parking lot ambush, in a building fire, in an active shooter scenario. It's going to be my eyes they're looking into for rescue. What kind of warrior are you going to be? Are you going to be a fat donut-eating warrior that you just got a cool bumper sticker, big-ass truck, wear a T-shirt with a Spartan helmet on it? Or are you going to do something about it? Because it doesn't matter where you are right now as you're listening to me. It matters what you do when you stop listening to me. It matters what you do. If you're listening to me on a podcast and you're in your car to work and you get there and they've got donuts in the break room, it matters whether or not you're going to pick up that damn donut. And when you go and you take that bite of it, you think about your family. You think about what you're doing to yourself, your body, this this shell that, that God gave you, the one that we fight to protect, your livelihood, your freedom. You think about your freedom. You think about your family's freedom and what you're going to do to be the warrior tomorrow. To be a better warrior tomorrow than you are today. Folks, you don't. It, all it takes is little steps. They all add up over time. That's what we focus in on the, in the Warrior Life Academy is just small, consistent steps add up to big dividends. They're going to pay off, but it does take action. It does take action. So forgive yourself where you are right now, but dig your foxhole. Each mistake that you've made up to now is a chance for you to learn and get better. Do the opposite of what you were doing that got you where you are here right now. Because that, my friend, that's not failure. That's success. Your body right now or your health right now, whether that's your brain, your body, or your backbone, it's only a failure if you don't learn from your past and do something about it for a better tomorrow. Now, for all Access members of our of our uh, Warrior Life Academy, next month's Warrior Workshop, we have a special guest that's going to be showing us benchmarks for every age. So what you should be looking, the things like, how can you give yourself a test? In the military, we have a PT test, right? We have to take a PT test a couple times a year. 
And that tells us where we are. Like we have to meet, we have to, we have to meet those requirements to be combat ready. Well, we're going to be going over the physical benchmarks that you need to hit in order to be warrior ready and what to do about it to be more warrior ready, to, to, to level up simple things that you can do at any age, whether you are in your thirties, whether you are in your seventies, I don't care. Like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about it all. And we're going to give you a path to be able to do something about it. So if you really want to dig your foxhole, come join us. If you're already an all access member, make sure that you show up for December's warrior workshop. Um, if you are, if you're not an all access, all access member, at least don't go and join the loot locker. You can go to warriorlife.com slash loot. You can join our loot locker absolutely free. You can get a bunch of resources in there. Um, you can get all the cheat sheets for the podcast that we're doing right now. You can go back and get past cheat, uh, cheat sheets, things like that. Uh, just one hand, one one page papers that you can use to um, uh, basically create a binder for yourself of all the main points from our podcast. Right. So go ahead and do that. All right. That's it, Warriors. Now let's see what you're going to do after you turn me off. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing about your success and about the warrior that you're going to be tomorrow. Until then, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare train and survive you've been listening to the warrior life podcast we hope you've enjoyed the show you can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us and leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts and don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels you'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.